Acts 1 verse 4 to 8. You know, I don't know if this is, would apply to you, but the more I learn of the things of God, truly the less I know. It's a terrible feeling. You go, God, you know, 10 years ago, I really thought I knew a lot. And now I seem to know so little. Anybody feel like that? Because the closer you get to Him, the more magnificent He becomes and all-inspiring. Amen? Thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I often feel, you know, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to say. I've prepared. Amen? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts 1. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In Matthew, John said, there's coming one that will baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. Amen. Therefore, when they came, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So protect yourself. Don't be predicting when you think Jesus is coming. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Amen. Amen. There's an unsaved harvest which is huge. Huge. And there is indeed an evident need for that harvest to be brought in. Come on. So speaking in tongues is a blessing. We will never belittle speaking in tongues. It's extremely important. But what about the more? What about the more? Speak in tongues. And if you exercise your faith as you speak in tongues, then you'll see more. God will reveal more. You'll walk in more. It truly is how it works. Amen. So the reason that the Lord would have us walk in more with the power of the Holy Ghost is for a very simple assignment. And it is called intensified service. And that's where we all quit. We go, no, 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 no. We thought it was just nice and we come in the front of the church and we, somebody lays hands on us and the power of God puts us on the floor and we lie there and we get visions and dreams and we get up and we go home and we feel happy. 
But that's not why the Holy Ghost was sent. That's a part of what happens, yes. But the Holy Ghost, listen to me, was sent for intensified service. So watch what happens. So I get a, I get a little video sent to me from a pastor about the plant in Charleston. Watch this, quite interesting. And in the video, Mario Morella, so he sends, he, he speaks, they interview him. And watch this. I want you to focus in on intensified service for your own life. What does that look like? Because faith is spelt W-O-R-K. And so this is what he says. So the man that's interviewing him says, um, now you're going to the Carolinas to have revival meetings and you're having big revival meetings in California. And he said, yes, that's right. And it's just interesting that during the Azusa Street revival, when it broke out in Azusa Street in the early 1900s, what happened was it moved from there to the Carolinas. So we all want revival and we are having revival individually in our hearts and to have an overflow of revival is going to require intensified service from each one of us to bring in the harvest. So I'm, I'm not speaking against revival. I'm, not, I'm saying, why did the Lord give us the Holy Ghost? Well, first and foremost, to make sure that we would be a witness for Him. Amen. Secondly, and very importantly, that we would be able to do the works of Christ in the earth because the Holy Ghost affirms everything Jesus came into the earth to do. So I just want you to think about the Spirit of God being baptized in the Holy Ghost. What does that look like? Well, it's gotta be an experience and an ability of spiritual power for intensified service. And what I want you to see tonight, now I'm not talking about the gifts, the gifts are part of it, but we're not talking about that because that's where we tend to go all the time. We go to the gifts because we can quantify. You know, I, I, I have the word of wisdom, I have the word of knowledge, and so we can quantify those things. But what I want you to see here tonight is that the whole purpose of really having the Holy Ghost is so we intensify the kingdom work through our lives in whichever area it is. You know, many years ago, and he doesn't do it anymore because he's too busy now, but when Joshua was studying, um, it was when you were studying, hey? A lady was walking, you, yeah, you were studying, you were still at university. A lady was walking past our house um, and he can tell the story better than I can, but he was having an experience with the Lord, um, a serious encounter with God. And somehow he was outside or he was going somewhere and he saw this lady who was walking and she couldn't walk well. And so he just walked up onto the road from our home 
And he said to her, what's wrong with you? And she told him, he said, well, can I pray for you? Did she have a, a crutch? She was on crutches. Um, and, and so Joshua said, um, can I pray for you? And she willingly agreed. She said, I'm on crutches now. I can't get worse than this, right? There's this young man. He wants to pray for me. Well, let him pray. And what happened? She got healed. Outside our home, cars driving by, healed. That's what I'm talking about. Intensified service. You see, so many times we'll sit and deliberate, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? Because we have so much to do. We have an agenda. We're going somewhere. But if we're listening to the Holy Ghost, we'll stop. Can you see? So, so that's why they were baptised. Now, I've got a lot of Scripture to get through here and just so that I can uh, put this to bed tonight. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, let's go there. I didn't mean the end of the series. I simply meant this one. Ephesians 5, verse 18. And 19, let's put 19 in there as well. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And this is what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Okay, so I want to ask us tonight, those of us, how many are baptised in the Holy Ghost? A lot of us, okay. So here's the question to us. Are we singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord? Because that's why He came. Can you see? Or are we being weighed down by the things of life? Can you see? Are we, I'm not even going to the Psalms, hymns. I'm saying, are we making melody in our heart to the Lord? Can you see? Okay, moving right along. Notice it's in the present tense. So we're to be in that place continually. Being filled with the Spirit is not through our own efforts. It's something done for us and we submit to it. So that's extremely important because when the Holy Ghost prompts and you respond, that's when you see the miracle, not before and not after. Are you with me? Let me read that to you again. Being filled with the Spirit is not our effort. When somebody prayed for us and we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or we received, I remember many years ago, one, um, one guy was getting out of his car. He had been prayed for, but nothing happened. He was from the Dutch Reformed Church and he got out of his car in town. He was walking into a shop and suddenly, Kanda Barshene burst out. In public. Nobody was even near him. 
Okay, so he would, thou would call that a gusher. Amen. But I want you to see this. It's extremely important. It's not something we do. It's something we submit to. So when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the speaking of other tongues, how frequently do we submit to Him when He prompts us, even if it is to pray in the Spirit before He sends us on a mission? Can you see? One of the things that I'm acutely aware of, but I can't make it, I can't manufacture it, is that we don't sing in the Spirit here. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, I'm not criticizing us. I'm saying, where's the more? If you've ever been in a place when you're worshiping in the Spirit, when I was with the pastors in Florida a few weeks ago, months ago, whatever it was, two, three months ago, when I was in, in that meeting with the pastors and they broke out in praying and singing in the Spirit, you think you're going to explode. And it goes in one accord. And there's nobody, none of these musicians are watching little twiddles on a piece of paper. There's no time for that. They're just going with the Holy Ghost. And it just, the air becomes like electric. And that's just singing with a joyful heart to the Lord. And what do you think happens there? They leave energised. You with me? And so I ask you as the pastor, to you, the congregation, the family of this church, how do we get there? Easy, just do it. You, when the prompting comes, when they're praying, praying, when they're playing and the prompting comes, I sing in the Spirit standing here, quietly by myself, I just start to sing. Not always, I pray, sometimes I sing. Sometimes I just booger <laughs> the team. Are you with me? How many of you have ever flowed like that, flowing? Put your hands up high so I can see. Okay, so we need to work on that. Because we're ushering in for the Father. Why did we come here? Didn't we come to corporately worship God? Hear His Word? Because this is a safe place for us as believers. And God can minister to our heart while we're worshiping Him. Are you with me? It is the most. And if this team, they must just get it. They're fortunate. I'm a very easy pastor to work with. If you ever watch Kenneth Hagen's videos, he says, you've got a song, sing it. <laughs> Come on. Have you ever seen him do that? He's not being rude. He's picking up in the Spirit. 
So when, just hear me tonight. We're having a family meeting. Amen. Come on. When the fire of God hits you, not through me praying for you, but straight out of the throne room of God, whoop, zaps you right there where you're standing. I was in Charleston. I was praying over people and the blow came upon me. <laughs> and so I started blowing. One young man from the Pentecostal church became so offended he's left. He said, I don't know what that man's doing. He goes and checks me out with other pastors. They tell him he's right what he's doing. He still can't receive it. I don't do that to be funny. I won't do it unless I get an unction. And I'm not looking for anything visually. God's prompting, I do it because I don't want to sit at home and He says, you know what you did, don't you? That's the only time I have them in that place and you didn't listen. That's the intensified service. It's not 14 hours a day, it's now. That's the intensified service. God does everything now. Can you see what I'm saying? Because if you hear intensified service, you might think, well, now I've got to go to a 16-hour day. No, no, no. God would be violating His Word. He who rises early and works late is not wise. But if you're working in the Spirit, time with Him, He'll lift you up. You'll run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. Amen. Amen. So, being filled with the Spirit is not our own efforts. It's something that's done as we submit to it. I want you to think about this. The higher authority, namely God, reaches down by the power of His Spirit and lifts you up for communion with Him. Takes you into a secret place. It's an amazing place to be. You know, I don't want to be dramatic, but I could share some stuff with you. And there was a time, actually I spoke to Clinton once about it. It became so real, and I don't know if you'll remember this, but he said, he said to me, you know, Hagen spoke about that. A little years ago, when I said to you, I would pray and I would feel like, hey, I've got to get out of here. I'm leaving. I felt like I'm leaving. Why? Because you touch in the Spirit. Don't chase this. That's not what I'm saying. Don't look for the... You know, the fascination. Look for the truth of why God does it. And I don't know why He does that, but you can get over and subsequent to that chatting to Clinton, I've heard him say it, you can get so far over in the Spirit. But you're not going to go there if 16 hours a day is in the flesh. Hello. And we pop in now and again like a KFC drive through Okay, Jesus, I'm here. How about a bit of power? Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Remember, intensified service begins with you and Jesus. Before He sends you, He wants you. Come on, family. Don't shout me down. 
Come on. Before He sends you, He wants you. Look what He said to them. Come and just Himaya Bicha. And then it came. Is that right? The reason He wants closet time is so He can talk to you. Sometimes we go to the closet, we talk so much, He has no time to say anything and we leave our boxes of information with Him and say, you got it now, Jesus. I hope you rubber stamp it. I'll be back tomorrow. Are you with me, family? Go spend time with Him. I've got a lot of Scripture I want to give you. So in, in Acts, I want to go to Acts because it just, um, it's the New Testament church. And I, you know, people say, well, I, you know, I would love to be in the early church. Really? I would advise you not to speak like that. Thank God we don't have the Romans. Acts 2 verse 4, but let's, let's back up to verse, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all with one accord in one place. There's something about unity in Christ that there is no substitute for. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, obviously, they were speaking in other tongues. I mean, there's a whole side of you may speak in tongues and you could have an interpretation, but I wouldn't advise if you don't spend time with God to be asking for interpretations because even the angel of light, who is not the real light, can give you all kinds of stuff. So you need to know where you are. Amen. With the Lord. Um, Acts 8, verse 14 to 25. Let's go there. I just want you to see these Scriptures before we get anywhere near gifts. Acts 8, verse 14 to 25. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the Word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And have any of you ever watched the Catherine Corman video where she speaks to the students and she starts to get weepy and says, do you know how much it has cost me? Have you ever watched that? Do you know that she was at a meeting and, oh, this is many years ago, I listened to it. She was at a meeting and the people walked past. And she was crying, saying, no flesh, God, no flesh. I said, what is she talking about? 
she was talking about she was about to go on the pulpit, behind the pulpit. And she was weeping in repentance. And you know how she walked with God. It's what do we want? What do we want? So let's go back here. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Remember, Samaria was Gentile. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, water and salvation. Then they laid, that's Peter and John, laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. You still want to be in the New Testament? You want to be in the New Testament church? Saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. God, Repent therefore of this your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. That's the extreme. That's what happens. You cannot manipulate the Holy Spirit. He's God. He is God. We're not going there now, but maybe I can get there so that can be cleared up. There's one sin that you can commit that there's not even the blood will wash away that sin. And it's a blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Now the devils use that often to do negatives to people. So don't go running off there on that one. But it is a reality. So let's go to Acts 9. Verse 17, I want to read verse 17 to 20. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Two workings. Miraculous healing and baptism of the Holy Ghost in one action. Watch this. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Now I want you to see something that happened. So when he had received food, he was strengthened 
It's interesting, this, the Bible often refers to eat because you're going to need strength. There's quite a few references to it. So watch this. He says, Paul had to eat first that he might receive, be strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Now watch this. Immediately, he preached Christ in the synagogues. Immediate, not, I wonder if this is an opportune time now. You think this is the Lord or is this me just being in the flesh? Immediately, he preached the gospel. Immediately, he went and preached the gospel in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, is this not he who destroyed those who, who called on his name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring us bound to the chief priests? But Saul, listen, increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. That's why he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Not so he could just speak in tongues. Can you see? It's a very different perspective. Very different. Let's go to Acts 10, verse 44 to 48. Oh, this clock. 44 to 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the Word. Did we not look last week at the three things that the Spirit of God does? Conviction of unbelief in Christ, etc., etc. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who held, heard the word. Those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came to Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Paul says, beware when we speak with tongues, like sounding like clanging things. We're not magnifying God. While we may not understand, we should stay engaged with what we are doing. Are you with me, family? They magnified God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Isn't that beautiful? And Acts 19, last scripture I want us to look at on this. Do you see the different functioning of the Holy Ghost? One shoe does not fit all. He knows what people need, family. 
And it's for that reason that we should be open to receive from Him. Acts 19, verse 1 to 7. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, well, I got that out, praise the Lord. (laughs) He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Let me ask you a question tonight. How many are sitting here that believed and are not baptized in the Holy Ghost? I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, according to this, He's waiting on you. Come on. Look at this family. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? So they said to Him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Church was doing a great work. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, They were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues, new babes, prophesied immediately. And how many were here? Twelve. Sometimes we're looking for the spectacular. I need a stadium. That's what I need. (laughs) Then I can really move in the power. Twelve. One of the greatest men in the New Testament found time to minister to twelve. And it was put in the Bible. That's how important it was. Beware that we don't want the gift and the power for profile. There were five manifestations. We, I caught it to you now. Now 22 and one minute. It's 1941. Are you with me? There were five things that happened, five manifestations an overwhelming breaking out of God's presence. In this church, we seek the presence of God continuously. It's not something we do periodically on an ad hoc basis. And I would exhort you with all that is in me, when you come to church, bring your portion. Bring your portion. Because that's what will usher in the presence of the Lord. Bring your portion. It doesn't matter how big it is. It matters that you bring it. It matters that you make it available to God. 
Amen, family. Secondly, an evident transformation in lives and witness of the disciples. I'm often in this area with the Lord. I'm often in this area with the Lord. I want to see perpetual transformation. I get irritated with myself because I don't feel I'm changing fast enough. Anybody want to join this club? I just, Lord, this thing, this flesh needs to move. And I'm not even talking about sinning. I'm talking about understanding revelation. Because God's not holding back on me. I'm holding back on me. Amen. And so I need to know what are the stoppers. I said to my wife this week, I said, well, I'm starting to think I'm in an age. I'm sure I said it to my wife. I said to somebody, I might be my wife. I try and tell her everything, but so much happens that sometimes maybe, I, did I tell you this? No, she's shaking her head. Amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> I did tell her. <laughs> I said to my wife, I was sitting with the Lord. And I said to the Lord, I said, at what stage, Lord, do I now just sit with you? In a rocking chair. It's never going to happen, is basically what he said. <laughs> he said, put your boots on, we'll have it while you walk. He hasn't contracted us to retirement homes. We contracted to an army, a living army, that's in constant offense mode. Amen. Can you hear what I'm saying, family? Now watch this. The experience, the third thing, the experience become, became the impetus for church growth. I want you to think that each one of us that are baptised in the Holy Ghost, if we're born again, the Holy Ghost lives within us. So we have the Spirit of truth. We may not be speaking in tongues, but we can still draw from the Spirit of God within us. Okay? And I want you to think about this for now. Every single one of us, I want to put this out there as a challenge. The experience became the impetus for growth of the church. This is what happened. Daily. Remember I said intensified service. Daily. Daily. When I saw daily, daily, every day, listen to what they did. They were in the temple. Now, I, hear me, don't go out here. That man's totally demented. How does he think I can go to the temple when I'm working? That's not the context. It's called closet time. 
You don't have to physically come to this building. You can if you want to. We'll open the gate for you. But I want you to see daily in the temple and then in every house, believers, gathering, every house, every day, every day. But not to scandal. Let's clear this one up quickly. Oh, I tell you, I share something with you. No, you want a scandal. You don't share anything unless it's the Word of God. Amen. Did not cease teaching or preaching Jesus Christ. I want to show you my new revelation. We're not interested in your new revelation. Tell us about Jesus. Tell us what Jesus is doing for you. Show us your word that God has shown you. Listen, the experience that they had with the Holy Ghost mobilizes them. I'll put this out there for you. The more time I spend with God, the more I need, not the less. And you need to hear what I'm saying. The more you spend time, it's like if you eat too much, your tummy grows. If you spend time with God, your spirit seems to grow. And He wants more and more and more of God. Amen. The fourth thing. People heard them speak with tongues, but here's the one I want you to hear and glorify God. And I've, when I go through the Acts and I say, Lord, that's it. That's part of my frustration. We speak in tongues and then curse. We don't glorify God. They go together. You speak in tongues, you glorify God. You make sure you glorify God. You don't go, cut out of my son. I just want to tell you about this. Come on, family. That's what happens. You know, if we do not walk in love, we will not see the giftings of the Lord in full manifestation. It just is not going to happen. We'll see spatterings of it for those whose hearts are right. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. We're all supposed to be walking in it. So last one, the ultimate purpose of this experience was empowered witnessing. Did you get that? The ultimate purpose of being baptised in the Holy Ghost was to experience empowered witnessing. What's that look like? Look at this. Empowered witnessing and a deeper dimension of Christian commitment for the achievement of joy in the Lord, gratitude in God, humility and a fruitfulness. That's the life of somebody walking in the Spirit. Now, I'm thankful for every one of us that have revelations and we should live out a revelation. But be careful that that doesn't become 
the pinnacle of why you want to be close to God. But rather understand that it's to be empowered as a witness to Jesus, for Jesus, for people. Being filled in the Greek makes clear such spirit-filled condition does not stop with a single experience. So if you come forward and you, you prayed, think about this. You are to be filled every day. Come on, family. You see, this is intense. Because you could walk out of here. Well, that's, do you know, sometimes when you're under the anointing, that doesn't happen quite so much anymore. But many years ago, when I first started ministry, you asked my wife, I couldn't sleep. Two o'clock in the morning, I'm still awake. <laughs> Full of the Holy Ghost, right? I used to eat every cheese you could find, crackers, you name it. We used to average going to bed, one and a half, one, 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 what's one and a half? One thirty, thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's why I have to have clever daughter-in-laws. One thirty to two o'clock in the morning, I joke not, and I had to get up. At seven in the, no, sorry, six in the morning, because I had to run all these little blessings to school and go to work. Because in those days I was working for a boss. Praise the Lord. It's maintained by continually filling yourself with the power of praise. How many times, family, I'm asking you, do you really offer the Lord praise? You don't want anything. You just want to tell Him, I just love you. Just so thankful for what you do for me, Father. Not even necessary, necessarily specifics. Just, I just appreciate you. I'm just thankful for you. That feeds into being filled with the Holy Ghost. You start doing stuff like that out of your heart. Remember, He knows your heart. Come on, family. 